Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America. This is Old School. Sponsored by the Mercado by Certified Piedmontese. Broadcasting veteran Derek Pearson. When you find something that moves them, that makes them smile, celebrate it. That's your task. That's your superpower. Nebraska Football Hall of Famer Jay Foreman. Rifles a pass. It was tipped. It's picked off by Foreman. He's at the 15, 10, 5. He'll score! On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. A very happy Thursday afternoon to all of you. No, this is not Derek Pearson. It is Nate Brennan filtering over from on the block. No DP, no J today or tomorrow. So I'm filling in. But luckily, I've got with me the Husker Hall of Famer, nine-year NBA veteran Eric Strickland. He's going to be keeping me company during this whole two-hour show. Back to the original on-the-block time, I guess. Uh, 4 to 6 o'clock. 402-464-5685. That's the Honda of Lincoln Hotline. Starter Heyman text line. As always, we want to hear from you. We got a packed show. Got lots to talk about. Huskers are taking the podium. Keontae Johnson, he might be headed to Nebraska. We got a Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer. That'll be an interesting conversation. Bronny has no offers. Aaron Rodgers, he's got beef with receivers. We talked about some running back issues as well in the past segment. We'll get more into that. And as always, Kevin Meyer, it's Thirsty Thursday. We're ready to get our wine, get our drink on as well. But before we do all of that, we're going to be joined by Barry Thompson, quarterback coach for Fairfax Football Academy. And again, this this uh, segment is sponsored by Ambition Electric. Ambition Electric is our sponsor for this segment. Now, Barry, I know we haven't ever talked before, and I know you're buddies with DP, and, and we're talking Fairfax, Virginia. I don't know if you knew this or not, but I'm actually a Virginia Tech alumni. Well, listen, uh, I'm proud of all things Virginia, but I'll forgive you that you went to Virginia Tech. I'm a UVA guy. Oh, uh, that is – you're kidding me. Listen, Here we man, go. Man, you, listen, listen, let's start off right. You got Eastrick, Big Nate, you got Thirsty Thursday. We're talking food, we're talking football, and we're talking Virginia. It's all good on the wood. Let's get it. <laughs> well, all I know is they, they, they say that you know how to put it down – so, what you got for us this week? Well, to be honest with you, I, I, the only gift that I have when it comes to food is I'm really good at looking at a recipe, and I go, oh, that's going to taste good. And then I'm really good at following the recipe, and uh, and then I just kind of make it look like the picture. So, this week, one of the things that we had a dish earlier um, – there are a lot of things when it's hot, you think of all foods are great all the time. But when it's hot, there are some go-to type of things in different um, food cuisines. Yeah. And in Asian cuisine, one of the go-tos are cold noodles. Mm. It may sound weird to mm. us, but if you have it. Cold it noodles? Refreshing dish, yeah. So, so, so wait, just real quick. Stop. Cold. Just pause real quick. I, I just need, a, I need an elaboration on that. So okay. in college, you we the same age. In college, when 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 the the uh, 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 the training table was shut down, and it was them ramen noodle nights. So basically, what you're saying is <laughs> cold noodle. I want to make sure I'm hearing you right. Throwing the cold noodles in the ramen and just before it gets it's still, while it's still crunchy. No, no. Oh. But it's not- 
on the ramen that was nice that there's uh there's other noodles there's the noodle line is 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 crazy so the noodles that i would select for a cold noodle dish would be buckwheat noodles okay and what you do is you cook them like you know whatever the package says you cook them you rinse them off in cold water and then with the buckwheat noodles it's real good to put them in a quick ice bath it gives a a little more texture to it and then the, then the noodles are there now that by itself, you can throw in a little bit of sesame oil and throw in a couple different things, and it's good. But the dish that I had was the cold noodles with a, with a spicy cold noodles. So there's a sauce called gochujang. Uh, it's G-O. Uh, let me see if I get the sauce. <laughs> Hold on a second. Let me get it. It's G-O-C-H-U-J-A-N-G. Oh, gochujang. I've had that. When I was in Orlando, they go. used to put it on the chicken. Okay, I know what you're talking yeah. about. Go ahead. Go Gucci. Yeah, yeah, go. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's good. Now, the Gucci Chang is a red pepper paste. Mm-hmm. Now, that by itself is a thing. But when you make the sauce, you usually add a couple things to it to mellow it and add dimension. So a little bit of sesame oil, a little bit of vinegar, and a little bit of sweetener. And it takes that sauce and it just makes it a whole different thing. Mm. It becomes a sauce instead of a paste. So you put that sauce over the noodles. You add some ribbons of uh, uh, cucumber, right? And then maybe uh, a hard-boiled egg. And the hard-boiled eggs that you add in their dishes aren't the fully cooked to the yellow yolk. It's just right before that. It's a seven-minute egg. And the texture of that egg goes great with the dishes. And so uh, spicy, spicy cold noodles, that's what I had. Wow. Just have some lunch. Have some lunch today. Nice, nice. So yeah, man, I I know you're missing your boys, but you got you got you got the second group the of the boys, the, no, the superhero. Man, we're not calling it the B team. The second group of the no. boys, but we're no, we're the superhero groups. You got to watch that show on, on Amazon Prime to understand what I'm talking. We the boys, and no, uh, I was I got to listen a little bit when I was driving. Uh, I've got it. Today's been a busy day for us. We had our. Uh, our second scrimmage this morning. So mm. I, I came home, and then you know you got to do that film, and and we got a little bit of film on the opponent coming up, and then tonight, as soon as we're off the air, there's a scrimmage that starts of our our first week opponents playing a, a district team. So it's kind of a two for one. Uh, but I was listening to you guys coming up. You're talking about the Deshaun uh, Watson thing, and and I heard you guys getting into a little bit of the, the fantasy football, and and said you pay. Uh, Who's the quarterback, uh, the running back? So you pay Zeke. Um, so good stuff, man. And you're going to Europe pretty soon. Yeah. Where are you going? A couple days. I'm going to head over. I'm going to go start at Bodrum in Turkey. Um, well, first I'll land in um, – I'll land at Heathrow. I'll go up uh, to the other airport there. Gosh darn I can't remember the name, but I, I got it in my phone. Uh, or that night, and then I'll fly that next morning to Bodrum, be there for a couple of days, then head over to uh, Dubrovnik in Croatia for a couple of days. Yeah. Um, it's all beach and island type stuff. Um, not yeah. island, but beach stuff. And then uh, we'll yeah. go from there back to Dublin, and uh, we'll be okay. in Dublin for the game, uh, spend the night, fly out to Brussels, and watch Formula One racing, and then head home. Listen, you you've got two great two great countries to eat. Uh, Turkey is a great place to eat. I was worried. I was worried. You, I need you to tell me about it because I was worried. Yeah, was. there's a this, all the Turkish cuisine is really good. There's a there's a little dish that they have called pide p i d e. 
It's like a, their version of our a pizza, mm-hmm. and it comes like almost like in a boat kind of canoe shaped thing. And uh, it it it's those things like you're talking about Mary Ellen. It's a thing where everything that's on there is never too much, and it's just enough, right? Mm. Uh, so PD is a good uh, a good great dish to have there. And in Croatia, the Croatians are great with food. So almost anything you want off their menu, just go ahead. But one of the dishes I like, is, I always pronounce it wrong, but Sevapachi or Sevapici. Mm-hmm. It's their version of a hamburger, but it's with these grilled sausages that it's grilled over charcoal. And then there's some raw onions and things they put over top, um, maybe a little bit of a yogurt sauce and, uh, and the bread. And uh, that, that's a great dish. So, yeah, you got some sauce where you can you should feel pretty comfortable about ordering off the menu. Nice. Hey, Barry, as much as I love talking about food, you realize we still got another hour and a half left, so we're not able to get any food, so you're just making me hungry over here. So I'm going to take a little bit of a pivot. Barry Thompson, quarterback coach for Fairfax Football Academy in Virginia, joining us now. Uh, I want to ask you, as a quarterback guru, I personally don't like Nebraska waiting now nine days to to announce the quarterback here that's coming up in Ireland. It looks like it's kind of a two-man race at this point. Casey Thompson, Chubba Purdy. Looks like Casey Thompson is going to be the guy. As someone that's coached quarterbacks and coached quarterbacks from a high level, do you think this is getting in the kid's head at this point, or or do you think it's still just fueling more of the competition? No, I I think the players know day-to-day. I think this is outward stuff, and the coaches know. I mean – Nine days to go, you know who your quarterback is. I mean, come on. You've been through winter training. You went through spring ball. Uh, you've been through fall camp, right? You know who your quarterback is. So I, I think this is external stuff. But if it's the case that it's, you know, nine days before and they haven't made the decision, you know, you can take that either way. Maybe the competition is so nip and tuck, you know, that, it, you know, and it's going to be great. Like you're choosing between, uh, I don't know, like you're choosing between Joe Montana and, and, and uh, Steve, who's the other guy that played uh, right behind? Uh, Steve Young. Why don't you get his name? Yeah, like it's like you're choosing. Yeah, it could be you're choosing between those two. But I, I'm, I'm just guessing. The thing knows who number one is. Uh, we got a text for you here, Barry. John and Cortland ask uh, ask him if fire makes iron. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, the, it, Strick can tell you this. Uh, you know, the quickest way to get to a, a player's a player's heart is through his through his butt. You know, the 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 threat of being having to sit on the bench does motivate people, um, and you do want an environment where all the players understand that they have, that there's another guy that's breathing down their, their back. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean it in a way that, that the pressure's always being applied because sometimes you can have good players on teams and they'll just come to practice. And you never really want that. What you want is you want good players on your team that they know they're always coming to practice to work on something. Right, and and the easiest way to do that is that they know that there's number two behind them mm-hmm. or another person behind them that is applying the pressure daily. I have two quarterbacks in high level um, Division One programs. They are both in positions where the the starter is going to be the starter. Right, it's just that situation. That's what's going to be. But these are both young men 
who have now gotten to the point where every day in practice, those young men are applying pressure. Mm-hmm. So that's going to elevate what the the guy the starters are going to do. The starter knows he can't come to practice right and not have a great practice Slacking. because mm-hmm. he's number two. When they get back in the room, you know they're going to say, "Hey, you know he graded out higher. He did this. He had more interceptions today." And you know that's a great vibe to have on the team. Good stuff. The answer to the, answer the callers, yeah, yeah. Good, good stuff. One of the questions I do have is obviously what we're seeing, being that you're still kind of on the grassroots level, uh, not not fully engrossed in it, but still connected to it. Um, but we all saw what happened, and, and you know it's a sad situation. But what we're starting to see is this happened more times than not. Is there a way that we can make it better? Is there something that we're not doing? Are these organizations not stepping up in the Aqib Talib uh, situation, putting guidelines in place? Is there an oversight body that's not that needs to maybe step into this void? Because what we're finding is this is starting to happen not just in football, but it's also happening in the basketball realm. What are we doing wrong, and, and are we doing a disservice to the kids? And 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 lastly, is this all because of like the turn up in NIL now? Is this is that a part of that situation? Being that these kids now have parents that are living living vicariously through them, uh, being that there's so much money now available in the in the U, in the NIL system. Yeah, I, I, yeah, it, it's kind of interesting. So I don't mean to be like an old. I guess it is old school. So all I can tell you, this took in my my coaching my coaching arc, one of the, the, the first coaching job that I had was being a commissioner of a youth football club that was very bad. And so that was my first coaching gig. I didn't coach anything else. It, 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 this club got handed to me, and it was like, okay, go make this thing better. And all I can tell you is what our league did, what I did, and then as I look at other things, I'm just wondering that those things can't aren't being done. I know they're not. So we had a commissioner, our chairman of the league, who the commissioners met with regularly. And he was an old football coach, old school. And that's how he kind of ran the room. So everybody that was in that room that was commissioner, they knew that they had somebody to account to. You understand? Mm-hmm. So it kind of starts there with the guys that are running the organizations that know that they have somebody to account to and that somebody's going to hold them responsible if something in their club goes wrong or somebody doesn't know the rules. So I think that structure is really important. And I don't know that all these leagues kind of have that. You know, with the AAU just flying around, it's like I belong to this and, you know, we're just going to this and going to here. So that structure is important. The other thing is important from my level when I had my club, um, I, I met with my parents three times. Uh, during the course of the season. I met with them before the season started, and then I knew as time passed, some of my experienced parents would skip that meeting. So I met with them on the first day of practice. I knew I would get them, right, because they're all there that then. And then I would meet with them at the point of the season that I knew the league would go crazy because parents were going crazy. And my discussion with the parents was that, first of all, we had to remember or we could never forget that this is always about the young people on the field, not the old people off the field. Great point. Mm-hmm. If we, right. To, so if we don't want to be in that YouTube, and I would describe this for my parents, 
uh, there was a the field that we were practiced on. Uh, it was abutted by these series of apartments, a nice two uh, side by side turf field, beautiful with lights and everything. But these apartments are right there, and I would point to the buildings and I said, imagine that every one of you had your ideal living situation, but you lived right there in those apartments. I said, is there any question what all of our kids would be doing every day after school? They would be out here playing. And every now and then there'd be a scuffle. Somebody would come inside. There'd be one parent to be home more than another, and they would break things up, but the kids would settle it, and they would play, and they'd have these wonderful memories of living in this place and going out in that field and playing every day. I said, it's our job not to screw that up. That's job one. Now, remember, I'm not talking about winning. I'm saying that that's our job. And I had a couple other things that I would say to him, like, you know, coach or don't coach, and there's all talk behind that. But then I'd also tell him that, you know, you're, you're going to have to be a special cheerleader for your child. And then most importantly, I said, if you want this to be a fun environment uh, for you and for the kids, then we have to, we have to keep it that way. And, and what I meant was, Let's just greet each other. I said, you'll see me. I'll have my head down, and I'll have a frown on my face. And if you pass me, say, hey, Coach, how you doing? You know, and do it with a smile and make me get out of my stuff. You know, just, just greet each other. And so those are the things that I held my parents to. And um, any time a parent acted up, and it happened a couple times, any time a parent acted up, I would confront them, and I'd look them dead in the eye. And I would say, you sure you want to do this? Mm. Are you sure you want to do this? Mm. And most of the time that would chill them. And they understood that my next phone call, what my next move wasn't to punch them. My next move was to call the police. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So that helped us a lot in that league stayed out of trouble. And we, we won football games, won county championships and things like that. Mm-hmm. So it takes some structure. And it does take adults to run it the right way. Uh, I can tell you also the stuff that you're kind of talking about. Early on, I had a group of dads who were kind of trying to massage and, and get a group of players onto one of our teams. And it was causing tension. And I cut the practice. I sent the kids over to one way to go get water. And I took all the men that were involved and we went over in another corner. And I told them, I said, if you are trying to align the stars so that a 10-year-old wins a football game, then you need to get the, um, you need to get out of here. Mm. I do, I do have another gear trick, and I, I went to, I am bilingual, and I let them know, get out of here. This isn't a place for you. Right. I'm not about that. So if that's what you're trying to do, get out of here. Barry, we really do you appreciate know? your time, my man. Uh, unfortunately. Thirsty Thursday is going to have to start after this. Uh, But before we let you go, as you know, my Hokies, they're going to host the Cavaliers. I've been doing some brainstorming while we've been interviewing you. What do you say? You come to Lincoln, whoever ends up winning that game, my Hokies or your Cavaliers, uh, whoever loses has to buy chicken wings at Wingstop. What do you say? 
You mean yeah, you're talking about appetizers? I'm talking. No, so I'm talking about after. Right. I'm talking after the game. Appetizers and wing stops, and then we go to Marielle. Okay, we're gonna go, and then and then we'll go to the Mercado and get some burgers too. I'll throw. Yeah, I'll throw and everybody. We got, and we and, and we gotta stop by Kevin Meyer and get something to drink to walk it down there. It, it sounds. Hey, listen, Barry. What it sounds like to me is you're gonna be spending a ton of money when my Hokies win. What is it? Fourteen out of the last fifteen <laughs> seasons. How how and long yeah, are they? No, have? What is no, it? I, I, listen, listen. I love you, Dave. I'm trying to I'm trying to look at it this way. We're one and one in the last two. Ah, come on. <laughs> hey, hey, hey I, I respect that. Barry, we appreciate you, my man. I believe DP and J, they're gonna be back in next week, but it really has been a pleasure talking to you. Take care of yourself. All right, guys. Take care. Bye bye. All right, there he goes. Barry Thompson, quarterback coach for Fairfax Football Academy. Uh I probably would have had a different opinion on whether I wanted to bring him on or not if I knew that he was a Cavalier fan, but it sounds like that's the case. <laughs> that, that's okay. We like having him here on the radio station, but it sounds like he's going to be forking over a lot of uh, a lot of our – helping out our appetizers, I guess it sounds like, because I'm going to be getting a lot of food and drinks out of this one because I have full confidence in my Hokies. But you heard it correctly, Thirsty Thursday with Kevin Meyer, Meyer's Cork and Bottle. He is out in the hallway. He is ready to go. He's going to be joining us next. He's got wine. He's got beer. He's got all that good stuff, so make sure you stick with us. We'll be back right here on Old School on 93.7 The Ticket. When everyone is on the same page, getting things done is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that enables your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said. Done.